What's up? It's Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, and I'm hanging out with my man Chris Palme, okay? Chris does a podcast, 30 Minutes Live with CDP Podcast, every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and his YouTube channel. Make sure everybody tunes in, okay, to my man Chris Palme's podcast. Again, it's every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Make sure you guys check them out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP edition on this Thursday, October 7th. Hard to believe. Uh, I'm looking forward to my guest tonight. Uh, her name is Kelsey uh, Nicole Nelson, and she's the uh, she is the uh, host of a podcast and radio show called Listen In with uh, KNN. And she's also um, a freelance uh a reporter as well, and she also um, is a digital host uh, for the Washington on uh, Washington Football Club for uh, the On Filter on NBC Sports in Washington. So uh, she has a very busy schedule, and I really appreciate Kelsey uh, coming on tonight. So if you guys could just bear with me for a minute, and we'll bring on Kelsey, and we'll talk uh, talk about her career and maybe some uh, Washington Football Club and uh, the Wizards, and maybe the uh, Orioles, too. She covers all the sports. so And you can also check her out on Twitter as well. And uh, just one second, I'm going to bring on the uh, host of uh, Listen In with KNN on. One second. Good evening, Kelsey. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. And thanks so much for that great introduction. It's great to be in good company. Well, thank you so much. And just for you, I put on, um, I keep wanting to call it RFK Stadium, but I put on, <laughs> I put on uh, FedEx Field for you. I, I grew noticed. Up, I grew up, I try to put uh, the background onto my guests on. I figured uh, FedEx Field is uh, yeah, appropriate. Yeah, it so. feels fantastic. Look, there's no place like home. And I'll tell you, many fans do wish, though, that they were playing back at RFK Stadium. So you were not wrong in that aspect. because <laughs> yeah, I grew up in the 70s and 80s with uh, Joe Gibbs and John Riggins. And Glory Joel, days. Joel Seisman and Art yes. Monk and Daryl Green. I'm an Eagles fan, but uh, I, uh, I respected the hell out of Washington in, in the 70s yeah. and the 80s and uh, the early 90s. And uh, I really do think... Uh, bringing Ron Rivera in as head coach and running the football operations will bring stability to the Washington football yeah. club. That's what they want. And you talked about the glory days of Washington. And Chris, you were lucky because you were born before me. So I was born in 92. And if you think about 92, you're thinking about the last time that our football team got to hoist that Lombardi trophy. And so we want to feel that again. You talk about someone like Joe Gibbs, who's just so well respected in this area, a beloved coach. And honestly, until Ron Rivera came here, I had never seen a coach that was that much loved. And I'll tell you, Ron Rivera came and really owned this team. And you think about what he went through last year, about battling cancer. And I think that actually brought the team even closer to him because they really wanted to play for Coach Rivera, right? He's a player's coach. You hear so many wonderful things about him. Yeah. And it really helped to change the culture with the Washington football team, which is what Washington football fans wanted and needed. And quite frankly, his first year getting that team to become the NFC East division champions, that speaks volumes to many fans here that we're waiting for Washington to make some noise. And so this year already continuing, hopefully that path, because um, we're back to winning in Washington and it feels good. It felt great to have victory Monday here, Chris in Washington and fans are just wanting more of that and hopefully hoping to repeat as NFC East division champions and hopefully even go a little bit further this football season. Well, the Eagles were the last team in that division to repeat as uh, NFC East champs. And yeah. uh, I hate to say this, and I, I, I'd say right now, 
Uh, things can change, but I'd say right now, Dallas, unfortunately, um, is the team to beat in the NFC. East. They are. They but, are good on both sides of the football, like the Dallas Cowboys. And, I, and you know, this is the only time I'm going to let people say, how about them Cowboys? Because how about them? They look great, Chris, on both sides of the football. That, Dak looks great. Then you think about someone like Trayvon Diggs, who's right now balling out. And Trayvon Diggs actually has ties to the DMV area here. But the Dallas Cowboys are the team to beat in the NFC. And I think they're giving everyone a run for their money. And I think it's a lot harder now for people to call this division the NFC lease when you have Dallas balling out like they are. So really, everybody else is going to have to try to keep pace. We're worried about that in Washington, Chris, because you look at Washington football team's upcoming schedule, and it's pretty tough. They're playing some really good football teams. So it becomes that much harder to keep pace with Dallas, especially when you look at Dallas's schedule. And many people are saying Dallas had one of the easier schedules in the National Football League this season. Definitely. Um, I was going to say, and the Eagles, Super Bowl 52 champions, and now three years later in a rebuild. But um, even though we lost to Kansas City the other day, I saw positives in Jalen Hurts and yeah. Devontae Smith. And mm-hmm. uh, it's going to take time. You got a first year head coach. You got right. a, a Hurts is still only eight starts to me. He's still a rookie. So I think the, the Eagles are in a, a sort of a, a rebuild transition right now. I think yeah. the Giants are as well. And I, I, I would say Washington. We'll see what happens. One question I wanted to ask you, Kelsey. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick is out for another four or five weeks, I believe. Yeah. Uh, when he's healthy and cleared to play, will he take over that number one spot behind the center, or t- yeah. will Tyler Henneke, uh still remain the starter? That's a huge question, and that's what many fans are asking. But I'll tell you right now, while many fans really loved Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we were excited to see so much from him this season, but lo and behold, that injury happened. I'll tell you, from the fans' perspective, they're saying, hey, Taylor Heineke is earning his fair share. People are saying, hey, can I get another Heineke, meaning that they really like what they're seeing on the field with his football play. One thing that fans have called Taylor Heineke that I'm hearing, they call him a dog, Chris, because they feel like he balls out and leaves it all on the football field. And he shows you he will do whatever it takes to get that first down. He shows he's had an arm, which I think people were kind of surprised by. He will move in the pocket. He's not standing there like a statue. Like He really works to get things going. And now this Washington football team offense is clicking, and he has weapons. And I think, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, we're really saying like, well, hey, we didn't really get to see much of what he could do, right? We saw a bit in the preseason. He gets hurt in the regular season. I think we're saying, hey, if something's not broken, don't fix it. And I think if Taylor Heineke can keep winning football games in Washington, there's going to be many that say, just keep him there, allow, allow him to mesh with the wide receivers and the tight ends and really develop that chemistry in Washington. Because you're talking about, Chris, the Washington football team, where we've been going through just a carousel of quarterbacks, right? We've been looking for that quarterback to really call home the Washington football team. And I think Taylor's story here, many fans don't forget what he did last football season, uh, giving TV 12 a run for his money, right? in the playoffs. Um, and then even coming back now to really proving that he's not just a dream. He's not just a fairy tale. He's truly a quarterback that's been able to be what Washington needs right now at this moment. And so I think the coaching staff is saying, look, we're going to keep looking at Taylor. And if Taylor keeps playing good football, then Ryan Fitzpatrick will have to earn back that starting football spot. I think you can look at a team like the Chicago Bears and what's happening now, right, with Justin Fields. And I think they're even kind of saying that same thing. Let's see what happens with Justin Fields if he can make things mesh for us. Otherwise, we probably will look back at Andy Dalton, right, and see how that works for us. But that's kind of where Washington is right now. And one thing about Ron Rivera, you're going to play for your spot. It's not just given. You have to prove yourself each and every practice and each and every game. And I think that's exactly what Taylor Heineke is doing. And he's growing amongst coaches and he's growing amongst fans. And I'll tell you, he has a true fan base here 
in Washington. And I think the players really love him. That was evident last season when Chase Young pointed to that jersey and started saying Heineke, right? Um, and we had to learn how to say his name. And I think fans have really learned to love him and his display on the football field for right now with Washington. So I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will have to work his way back into this Washington football team offense unless Washington football loses their upcoming games. Then I think we'll be having a different conversation, Chris. And I was going to say, who's the backup right now to Taylor then with uh, Fitzpatrick out? That's the thing. So you look at somebody like Allen um, and, you know, I just think, honestly, I think there's not, there's honestly, that's what's scary about that. Cause I think people forget that Taylor Heineke is the backup. And when you look back at the next backups on Washington, I'll tell you, I don't think people feel confident um, that anybody else can move this Washington football team. And really this is a big year for Washington because what they did this off season, Chris, is that they filled, they filled the holes that they needed to fill. So you look at our wide receivers and Washington has solid wide receivers and also with tight ends, of course, with Logan Thomas, we're hating this injury that had to happen at the worst time. I mean, Washington really got hit hard um, with injuries, but Taylor Heineke, he has weapons and we have a solid running attack as well to accompany it. So really, I think anybody in that quarterback spot should be solid. We're hoping Taylor Heineke stays healthy, though, because I think Washington really only feels comfortable winning with Taylor or Ryan Fitzpatrick um, back in that quarterback pocket. So, again, fingers crossed that Taylor does not get hurt, because then I think fans will really start to hit the panic button in Washington. And I was going to say that was a nice comeback win against Matt Ryan and the uh, Falcons, in the Falcons on Sunday yeah. on the on the road too, and I, and that gets Washington uh, back to two and two, which brings them in the second in the NFC East. And and then uh, this Sunday you got another tough game. Yeah. I believe it's against the Saints in New Orleans. Correct. Yeah, so that's going to be a big test. And so the Saints are coming here to Washington. And best believe they're going to travel heavy. Because one thing I know about the New Orleans Saints, expect a lot of New Orleans Saints fans to be at FedEx Field this Sunday. And you look at a Saints team that's also 2-2, two and two, right? And so Washington with that. But also, we don't know which Saints we're going to get. Are we going to get a really solid Jameis Winston who's able to run, who's able to move the football down the football field and really test our secondary? You know, when you look at our defense, Chris, and that's been a question and a conversation that many have been having. There have been questions surrounding Washington football team's defense coming into the season. They were the defense that everybody was scared of, that everybody yeah. was preparing for. But so far, people are saying, well, hey, don't believe the hype and stop reading the press because we haven't seen that defense, quite frankly, on the football field. And that's not just our defensive front but also questions about our secondary. And so I think with the Saints coming into town, it's going to be a true test for this Washington football team defense to see if they can put up the stops and then the offense to see if they are able to put up points um, on the board. But expect a good football game. I think, again, these are two teams that both know that they need this win. And there will be a lot of eyes on this football game come this Sunday. And, again, I think Taylor Heineke has a chance once again to prove if he really should be that starter for Washington moving forward for the long term this season. Yeah, because I'm not sold on the Saints, and I think uh, even though they have Jarrett Winston and uh, Hill as their quarterbacks, right. losing a losing an icon, a legend like Drew Brees, yeah. you just don't replace him like that. And wow. uh, I think that game against the Giants, where they lost at home, um, I don't know if that'll be a wake up call for the Saints. But you're right, this is a huge game for both teams because both teams are two and two right now. Right. And if Washington can win, they'll be they'll have a firm spot on second place in the NFC East. And you don't right. want Dallas going up two, three, four games. So, no. so this is definitely going to be a playoff type game. And uh, I, I still got, I'm still going to pick Washington to win at home. 
I, I think that, you're, you're going to be loved in DC, Chris, for saying that because <laughs> that's uh, what fans need to hear. Um, and you know, you talk about the Saints, you know, losing to the Giants, and that's the team that Washington finally had the chance to beat this season. Because if you remember last year, the Giants were Washington's kryptonite, right? It's like no matter how solid Washington was, they could not beat the Giants. And so I think that was a big win for the Washington football team. And I think especially having to bounce back after that loss to the Buffalo Bills, Washington was looking to earn back respect, quite frankly on a national scale. But I will say there are some people who are a bit scared of this Washington football team because if you look at their wins, I think the wins were by combined five points. So they were close kind of yeah. wins. Um, and again, a win's a win. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But again, you want some solid wins where you have your offense being able to rest, your defense being able to rest, and maybe even a chance to rest your starters. But I think with the Saints, I think it might come down to the wire because again, you have two hungry teams that both know they need this win um, coming into week five of the National Football League. Well, and the, and the Eagles are taking on Carolina, and the Eagles are one and three. So the Eagles really, if they drop against Carolina, that's one and four, and then they got to take on Tom Brady and the Bucks at the link. That's going to be difficult. I think out of all the NFC East teams this year, I'm not trying to be biased. I think the Eagles have the toughest uh, schedule out of all the teams in that division. Yeah, it's gonna, not going to be getting any easier for them. I mean, you talked about Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady is never going to be an easy person um, on your schedule. And for the Eagles, unfortunately, they're going to have to win some of those games to keep pace because, again, Dallas looks great, and their schedule is more favorable. And then I think with the Washington football team, you know, I think they'll be as good as Taylor Heineke is and as good as that defensive front can be. If the defensive front is able to put pressure on quarterbacks that may or make them release the ball more quickly um, and kind of put them into dangerous situations and hopefully get some takeaways, which is what many thought the Washington football team would be able to do. That'll be solid, but also Taylor Heineke is going to have to have clean football games. But yes, I think there's a lot of pressure on the Eagles. You talked about a brand new coach, Jalen Hurts, still getting um, in rhythm, you know, young receiver. Uh, lots of eyes are on Philly, but I will say, I don't think the expectations are as high on Philadelphia. I think in Washington, they are again, because they won the division last year, but I think people just know Philadelphia is still going through that rebuild mode. Um, and I think, you know, of course, I want Philadelphia to do well, but I think, again, I think if they're losing some of those games, you know, nobody's going to hit the panic button just too far yet, maybe except Eagles fans because they're going to want to be better. But again, when you're going through a rebuild mode, you're going to yeah. go through highs and you're going to go through lows. And so far, the Eagles have been going through a lot of those lows. There was some bright spots um, in the season, but, you know, Jalen Hurt Jalen Hurts needs help. It's just quite frankly, he needs help. He can't do it all alone. I know he wants to put that football team on his back. I think we see a player that that does that in Lamar Jackson a lot with the Baltimore Ravens. But hey, even Lamar Jackson has needed help to give Baltimore those wins. You know, not they're lucky, right, that they had a kicker, uh, Chris, like Justin Tucker, that was able to make that 66-yard field goal. Yeah. Your offense kind of like, whoo, all right, we're fine because we have Justin Tucker. But not everybody has that luxury, right? The Eagles don't have a Justin Tucker on that roster yep. to have that uh, Jake Elliott a couple years ago did hit a 62-yarder to beat the Giants in the 2017 yes. year. Yes, so, yes. And, yeah, so Jake Elliott's actually been solid so far this year. And uh, our kicker, Cypus, uh, from Australia, he's actually been good. Um, some of the positives is uh, Devontae Smith's hearts. But I would like to see more of a running game with Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. And uh, I, yeah. the tight ends, we got Zach Ertz, we got the Richard Rodgers, we got Dallas Goddard. Uh, the Eagles do have some nice pieces. My concern right now is the offense line is banged up. And mm -hmm. Lane Johnson, I don't think is going to play again this weekend. And uh, they have a couple rookies on that line right now. And uh, that's the thing that worries me. But Hertz, uh, thankfully, has good mobility. And yes. he can uh, scramble and create mm -hmm. plays. Uh, 
I, and that's another thing. That's why they had to let Carson Wentz go. They just didn't, it didn't match with uh, Carson Wentz. And I think he's better off in Indianapolis, but uh, like I said, the Eagles uh, really need to take care of business against Carolina Sunday, but that's not going to be easy because Carolina will be at home and Sam Donnell has seemed to, he's looked good getting (laughs) out of that New York jets, but then look at the jets the other day, they upset the Titans. I know the Titans had a couple key players missing, but Zach Wilson actually showed a little bit of uh, signs of uh, could be a possibly good quarterback in the future. Oh yeah. I think many people needed to see that from Zach Wilson, because I think when you look at Sam Darnold, Chris, people were like, "Uh Oh, did we make a mistake? Like you see Sam Darnold get in a situation and quite frankly, look really good. People didn't have high expectations of the Carolina Panthers, but lo and behold, now you're looking at the Panthers on your schedule a lot differently because he's there and he's starting to find that success. And so I think that was a huge win for the Jets. It was a statement win and honestly a win that many people did not have them doing. You're playing a team like the Titans, who I think are a solid team on both sides of the football and I think that win kind of got the New York Jets some respect in the National Football League this season because to begin the season I mean when you have a game where you're shut out that's just not good right you no. never want to be shut out in a National Football League game but to come back and have that win especially with the way the Jets fans are and to do it in the way that they did at home I think it was a very commanding win for them and I think Zach Wilson now people are saying all right let's see some more because he just might have what it takes to be a successful quarterback in the National Football League. Okay. Are you okay for some uh, questions? And just let me know time-wise. Okay, awesome. Let's see some questions. Okay. The first one I wanted to ask you is, I'm obviously I'm in Canada. I'm near Toronto. So I'm an Eagles fan near Toronto. Uh, can you just tell my audience just a little bit about yourself? And when did you decide to pursue a career as a TV, uh, just uh, in TV and radio and doing your podcast and radio show? Yes. So I am born and bred in the DMV area. So for those in Canada or that might not know, that's D.C., Maryland, Virginia. We call it that because you're pretty much in all three every single day. So, for instance, I live in D.C., but I go through Virginia and Maryland every single day. So born and bred here. If you know about the D.C. area, we have all your professional sports teams. So I say it's hard not to fall in love with sports if you grow up here. And so growing up, I was a daddy's girl. My dad was very big into sports. My dad went to Grambling State University. They're a huge football school. So I grew up with football, honestly. I was like, my first love and growing up going with my dad going to Grambling, I knew about Doug Williams very early on and Eddie Robinson and just so many greats that played the game of football. My family's Southern. If you know about the, the South in the United States, football and church are the two big things. All right. So you go to church on Sundays and then you go to football right after. So that's kind of the world that I grew up in. And I played a bunch of sports growing up, Chris, basketball, volleyball, tennis. I was always active. Um, and I really just liked being around the game. And so I think, you know, that kind of just got instilled in me. I also always loved journalism. I love talking with people. I was doing a bunch of oratory contests and essay contests. And I just really feel like I found myself. In high school, I took a journalism class. I was um, news managing editor for my high school newspaper. I was editor in chief of my high school yearbook for two years. And I really found that love and that passion. I went on to go to the University of Maryland, fear the turtle. I'm still hurting from that loss to Iowa, but hopefully we bounce back against Ohio State. I'm going to a football or going to a sports school really like Maryland. And I had grown up, Chris, going to Georgetown Hoyas games. And you're thinking about a legend in icon like John Thompson or even University of Maryland and the University of Maryland's legendary basketball program and Gary Williams and just so many others. That's kind of the culture I grew up around in. Ended up going to Georgetown for grad school, uh, getting my master's degree. And lo and behold, I was able to kind of work in the D.C. sports market and cover my hometown teams. And I'll tell you, there's nothing like covering the hometown teams that you grew up watching and rooting for. You know, I tell the story all the time. My dad, we used to go to Ravens training camp in Westminster, Maryland at McDaniel College, you know, getting to see guys 
guys up close like Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis. And you think about especially that Ravens defense that was legendary there for so long. I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. And so for me, sports was always a part of my life. And I hope it always continues to be a part of my life. And so now I got into TV and radio first doing internships like many people and making connections. And then that kind of grew. And I tell people, don't only do an internship, but do it well and make sure when you leave, people know you. That's the things that you have to do when you're at an internship. It makes no use to go to an internship if you do it and nobody can speak well about you after you leave or if nobody even remembers that you're there, right? So you want to make sure that you're memorable and that you do good work because really what this business is, is who knows you? Who will speak well about you in rooms that you're not even in? And so for me, it's just been a lot of connection based. I did not plan to be freelancing when I came out of college, right? That's not usually the plan, but I started getting just different opportunities here and there. And then lo and behold, became a freelance sports reporter where people call me to do radio, TV, a sideline reporting. So I kind of do a little bit of everything, Chris, writing. And that led to opportunities to cover two Super or three Super Bowls now, uh, the NBA Finals and just different things like that. And always storytelling. And honestly, I created my podcast just to have another platform to continue to storytell. I appreciate your support of my podcast. I did that to create my own voice and have my own narrative. I think much like what you're doing on the show. And that's what it is in sports media. It's making sure that you find a seat, at, not only find a seat at the table, but I always say, pull up your chair, put your elbows down, have a mill at the table and leave the table even better than you came to that table. So that's kind of been my journey in sports media, Chris. Definitely. And I created this podcast a year and a half ago because I got a taste of broadcasting bug, uh, doing camera work, which I'm still doing now as a volunteer. And, and I, I just figured, I I just finally found something I wanted to do as a career and it took me a little while, almost 49 years. Uh, so I'm just hoping this Pat podcast platform uh, will help me one day get an opportunity in radio. And I've been really lucky to get guests like Dan Shalman from ESPN. I saw your guest is amazing, Chris. I'm, yes. I'm a fan. I'm so happy at what you've done. Yeah. I just reach out to people like yourself too, Kelsey, tell people what I'm trying to do. And, and they've been really great. And uh, a podcast to me is only as good as its guests are. And I've been very lucky and, and I'm building contacts. And, and like I said, I'm hoping one day uh, I'm lucky enough to get an opportunity in radio. Cause this, something I I really have a passion for. No, say you will get that opportunity in radio, Chris. You have to manifest it. And honestly, what you're doing now is you're getting the reps. And that's what it is. A lot of people find out about me through social media. And a lot of people reference my podcast. Again, I'm controlling that. I'm doing the work. But you get better interviewing skills, right? You show your knowledge of the game. And the thing is, you never know, Chris, just who's watching. And sometimes not even just watching live, but even after the show, right? Because they can go back and listen. I'd say keep doing what you're doing. Don't ever give up. You saw my show today. You never know when that opportunity is going to come. But if you keep putting passion and good work in, good people will come. They will speak well of you and that opportunity will come. So I can't wait to see, Chris, when I get that email from you where you're like, Kelsey, it happened. I'm on this radio station. And I'm going to say, I told you so, Chris. I'm so proud of you and I will forever be a supporter of yours. Well, thank you. And uh, one thing I've always taken from uh, one of the coaches in the NFL, Sean McDermott of the Bills, is he always tells his players to stay humble and stay hungry. And that's yes. what I'm trying to do with this podcast as well. Yes, you have to, you know, I mean, you know, one of the best things I learned too is, you know, always be humble and don't be humbled. And when you stay humble, you're always going to work hard. I tell everybody every day to me is an audition. I have to continually prove myself and you can never get comfortable. You always have to be doing something new, trying something different, challenging yourself. So when I first did my podcast, it was just audio. COVID happened and I saw a need that people wanted live sports back or just live anything. And so I made my podcast and I turned it into a video portion and it really became 
became like a show. And lo and behold, it grew exponentially and our guest list got even bigger and we started even reaching more people. And that's what it is. So it's always challenging yourself, putting yourselves in new positions. One of the best things I ever did was I went and worked for NASCAR. Before I had worked for NASCAR, I never even really knew much about it because where I grew up, NASCAR wasn't as big of a sport. I didn't even know if there's going to be people that look like me in the sport. I moved to Charlotte and I tried something different. I challenged myself. I excelled in it and it made me different amongst other people. And now I have a different knowledge of sports. And you talk about Joe Gibbs. What does Joe Gibbs do now, Chris? NASCAR. NASCAR. So then yeah. you pull that connection in and I have a different story to tell. And now I have a different way to connect with football fans too. So you never know sometimes how there'll be different parallels. Golf is another example. Golf is not only good to learn for golf, but what do a lot of athletes do, Chris, once they retire? They're going to go play golf, oh. right? So yes. that's a great way to interact with people. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I was going to ask you, you already answered my second part of my question. And that's the one thing I'm trying to improve on is my listening skills. Yeah. Uh, the second part you already answered. But did you have any mentor or mentors, uh, Kelsey, when you were starting out in the industry? Oh, my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. And mentors are so important because you kind of need somebody to show you the ropes, what to do, where to be. So for me, my first mentors, honestly, were my teachers. I had journalism professors like Lou Holder and Mark Gray. And for the D.C. area, they'll know Lou Holder because they used to do Fox 5 Sports. I actually met him when I was interning at uh, it was Comcast Sportsnet, now NBC Sports Washington. Um, and he, then he became my college professor. Right? He convinced me and I was like, I got to take your class at Maryland. And so he was another one that really told me, you know, what it's going to take. Mark Gray was another one that, you know, really taught me the freelance hustle and what it would take to succeed in the industry. I had mentors when I worked with the minor football league um, and Richard Miles and somebody being like, you know, if you really want to work here, I'm going to give you an opportunity and a chance to grow and to learn uh, and to find your success there. And, you know, I just think I'm thankful for my mentors because they teach you, you know, how to be confident in your work, how to find your own voice, how to be when you're in like a public setting, you know, even where to sit in the press room and things like that. So mentors are so important. And honestly, that's why I'm giving back now. And I have so many mentees because I would not be where I am without them. One of my biggest mentors today is James Brown. And of course, you know, if you're a sports fan, you know, James Brown, truly one of the best in the business has ties here. I learned so much from him. Talk about learning from the best and really just being yourself, being authentic and finding your voice and people really flocking to you, but also just being really good at what you do and being confident in your work. And so he's another one that supported me so much. And I went out to go see him on set in the studio and got to meet the rest of the crew. So even to this day, Chris, to answer your question, I still have mentors because there's still so many things that I'm learning and there's still so many things that I can improve upon. Well, when I see your work, I see professional. Pro you're you. very, you're professional and uh, you will have a big future in this industry. And uh, like Thank I you. said, I'm just, you're welcome. And then, like I said, I really I, again, appreciate you coming on tonight and talking about your career. And, and that's the okay. one thing all my guests have been saying is learn as much as you can about everything in the industry and, yes. and never say no to opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I didn't start doing TV work. You know, I started much like you volunteering, like doing free work. I used to tell people I probably spent more money doing free work because I would have to travel to get to games, right? Travel to get food and stuff like that. And I wasn't getting paid for it, but it was because of the exposure and opportunity I was getting. I started covering high school sports. I think I tell that to students many times because they see what I do now. And I'm like, look, I didn't 
just start here. And something that we just talked about on my show is, especially because of social media culture, Chris, people see the glory, but not the story. And many times people post on Instagram and IG the fun parts of our job, right? We don't really post kind of the, the, the long nights and the nitty gritty, you know, the long conference calls that you're on, the tedious travel that you're doing and things like that. But so much goes into it. And journalism truly is a field because it's shrunk. You have to really work hard for where you want to be. And it's always changing, too. That's why you can never get complacent. Like digital media was not big 20 years ago. But look where we are now. And you have fully, I do digital shows, right? Strictly for people on the digital platform. So always being ready to pivot, always being available. And again, always learning and never being too proud to what you said. You know, always be willing to do multiple jobs and never get too big for your britches, as my grandmother used to say. But again, always my best, my best piece of advice, always be humble and don't be humbled. Definitely. And one thing I've learned also uh, doing the podcast, like my current job right now, I work midnight shifts. So sometimes I have to sacrifice sleep to do my podcast. And and like I said, producing my podcast, getting guests is like a full-time job as well. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. People don't do so, that back work when you're trying yeah. to work and secure guests. So yeah, people think the fun part of it's doing the podcast, which it is, but it is also even doing just what I'm doing is a lot of work as well. And then I'm trying to coordinate my schedule with my guests because I, one thing I've learned Kelsey on this is you got to be flexible and that's just mm-hmm. like the same in radio and same with TV. You can't be set right. in your ways. You have to be willing to be flexible and uh, work on the fly and same with doing the camera work for the, the Gulf Storm, the OHL. Uh, it's a junior developmental feeder league for the NHL. Awesome, and, yeah. And I love being a part of a live broadcast, but sometimes things on live TV uh, don't work and you have to go with fly with the punches or go yes. with the punches. Oh, live so. TV in itself, yes. You learn a lot. <laughs> that happens behind the scenes. I know exactly what you're talking about, Chris. Definitely. Okay. Um, my next question I wanted to ask, you've already answered. Uh, what was your first job in radio and television again? And um, the other part you've already answered, how important was the internships and the volunteer work to where you are now, Kelsey, yeah, for people so, that are um, doing yeah. what I'm trying to do? Of course. So the first part of your question, I always have to think back because I will tell you, all, I did 15 internships in college. So I tell people that all the time because wow. I have to think back and I'll tell you why I did that. But to answer your first part of your question, my first job on air in TV was actually, so actually I did an internship with NBC Sports Washington and I did my first TV reel there, but it wasn't live. I did a pre-tape reel. My first on-air TV job, I was working with a show called The Round Ball Report um, and covering basketball for them. So I was covering the Wizards and the Mystics for them. And I was on air in Prince George's County, Maryland, again, covering, I started reporting and then they even let me get into the hosting chair. And it was really great exposure and a really great opportunity. And of course, my family was so proud when they could tell all of our coworkers um, that I was on air. I came on every Wednesday and Friday on air doing live basketball. So super, super, super exciting to have that experience. In radio, my first job was at the University of Maryland College radio station, um, WMUC. I was doing a show actually, um, it was a music show. And I found a way, though, to get my own sports spot in that music show, right? It's called the Hip Hop Corner. And they used to give me, I had Kelsey's Corner. It was Kelsey's Corner. I had five minutes, five to 10 minutes to just talk the latest sports headlines. And so I talked about headlines at the University of Maryland first in sports. And then I would talk national flight headlines. So talking about the Wizards, Washington football team and things like that. And I'll tell you, college campus radio will just be it will give you such a great starting point because for one, it's not like many people are listening, but you just get to find yourself and find your voice and find who 
who you want to be on air. And that's why I will forever be thankful for that opportunity. And then I got to make so many great connections there. And I'll never forget it. We had our radio station on top of the South Campus Dining Hall. So right on top of where people were eating, we were broadcasting live from on the University of Maryland campus. So that's my first job in radio. And I will tell you, I did a lot of internships, but I tell people this too. I'm based in D.C. So all of my internships, actually, Chris, were not only sports related. I did a lot of internships also in education and politics. And it's because where D.C. is. But also because what does sports touch? Sports touches everything. Yep. It touches politics, especially here in D.C. You think about the recent NIL that was passed, name, image, and likeness for college athletes. It's why you do need to understand laws and the political aspect of sports. Um, you know, I think now even how we're going into, unfortunately, these the 18 basketball players that they just came out today, Chris, that were doing medical insurance fraud, right? Um, yes. Yeah, there's a certain things that you have to understand that I'm able to. I did public policy internships. Um, and I also said did education internships. And what do a lot of players have now? Educational foundations. And so this is why I tell people, uh, you don't always have to do internships solely in sports. Of course, you do want to get sports internships, but also learning kind of what you like and what you want to do and what you don't like to do. And that's what internships do. You have a chance to say. And when I was doing internships in media, I think when I was at NBC Sports Washington, I was logging games. And for those that don't know what logging games is, you're basically logging everything that happens in a game. I started interning there in the summertime. And so I was logging baseball games. Baseball games are very long, folks. And so every time there was a home run or runner got to first base or second base, I had to put the time code in, put the name in and basically describe what it was. So that's what I was doing on late night shifts. But again, I was not only doing that, I was networking with the people there. I was starting to build my brand and make a name for myself. I started a blog. It was actually called Sports Vixens. And I started a blog where basically I gave myself a voice in sports and other women in sports. And it was really owning women's agency and kind of turning that word vixens into a positive word and just saying women can own and uh, own their knowledge of sports and it be evident to everybody else. I started with the blog, started putting my thoughts on social media, but did again, a bunch of internships, making connections. And also again, just because an internship is not in sports, doesn't mean that person doesn't know somebody that works in sports. And that's why I always hammer home Make sure that people know you and can speak very highly of you. Because also when you get a job, you're going to need something called a recommendation list. And you want to have a good amount, at least three people that can talk solid of you and do not mind speaking on the phone about you or writing a letter about you. And that's what my internships uh, kind of helped me to do. But I look back at my journey, Chris, and I'm thankful because I do remember where I started. And I will never forget um, where I started from. And even kind of digging before that, Chris, I remember my parents, we first went to sports games because we got free tickets to games. We couldn't afford to go to professional games. And so I always look back at my journey. I'm just forever thankful to be where I am. And it's just a testament to your story that again, it doesn't matter where you start and matters how you finish. And anybody out there, if you really wanna do something, just put the hard work behind it and dreams do come true. Absolutely. Are you still okay for time? Because I was just going to show your uh, a little video clip of your work for my audience. Oh, I'd be it's, honored. Yes, go ahead, please. Thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I got it off YouTube, your YouTube channel. It's yeah. your uh, demo and it's a couple minutes long. Is that okay? Please. Okay, please do. Go ahead. That's why. Okay. Good. All right. No problem. I do this with all my guests too, just to promote them as well. So one second. Awesome. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> Can you hear it okay? Congratulations. How are you feeling thank now you, as a man you. off the market? Dwayne Haskins and the Washington offense were a topic of conversation all week long. And that continued on this week's episode of The Beat, where we bring in some of the biggest names on the media side of the NFL.
Joining me on today's panel is first a name that still reigns supreme here in the Maryland area for his contributions to bringing a title to the city of Baltimore, none other than Antoine Golden. So up next for Washington in a game that head coach Ron Rivera had circled on his calendar all season long, a meeting against his former employer, we know how this is gonna go, the Carolina Panthers. Now you can catch the beat every Saturday morning on both WashingtonFootball.com and the team's YouTube channel. Don't go anywhere. We've got more unfiltered content coming right after the break. Hello and welcome to the live presented by DC Lottery. Lots of people win. As always, I'm Kelsey Nicole Nelson, joined by the mouth of the South, Fred Smoot, and it's exciting times here in Washington. Our 16th division title in franchise history, Fred. We're doing some things in Washington, Fred. Juan, not done. We're on to the postseason. On this week's episode of The Fit, I had a chance to talk with veteran linebacker Thomas Davis about being a part of the Jordan brand. Isn't he pretty cool? You won't believe how many classes he has dedicated just to his shoes. So have you been following or are you a fan of Kyrie's sneaker line? And Coach, it's been 26 years since the last time you guys played the Georgetown University Hoyas. What message do you have to the players about how big this rivalry is for D.C.? Back here on the court with the winning head coach from today's game, Georgetown's head coach, James Howard. First of all, congrats on the win, coach. But I have to ask you, I know it kind of started off slow, just three lone points after that first quarter. What was said during halftime to really get the players going, coming out so strong that second half? Well, the first thing we talk about is energy. Energy. Yeah, this is what I'm keeping an eye on. And let me tell you, talk about defense. That's been Baltimore's mentality, right, since they started. There's a reason why you walk past that Ray Lewis statue when you're walking in to M&T Bank Stadium. And you guys touched on it. The Baltimore Ravens schedule is very favorable. What I'm keeping an eye on is still this COVID outbreak that Baltimore is still having. Coach, your team is coming off a tough double overtime loss their last game. What message do you have to them to get the win today against the Georgetown Hoyas? Standing here at Radio Row down in Miami for Super Bowl 54, I am here with someone who has truly inspired us all, Coach Rob Mendez. First off, I mean, first, thank you so much for joining me. First Super Bowl, first time in Miami. How are you feeling? Uh, well LSU's Justin Jefferson bringing his signature dance moves to the big stage. It wouldn't be an NFL Sunday if we didn't get to see the gritty in the end zone. No better way to celebrate your first NFL touchdown. Brandy, 22 years since Cinderella as a black woman. That's amazing. Yes, the anniversary. What did that film mean to you in working with Whitney Houston? Honestly, I did not understand what was happening. All Stephanie's trying to get to. And also, we had some fun with the holidays, but I'll tell you. John Bostacreta kind of stumped him. He had a little bit of trouble <laughs> on the holiday. <laughs> Last but not least, Jalen, how do you hope your school kind of changes the identity of Detroit as it continues to grow back as a city? Let me ask you. So some people are sometimes skeptical of sequels. Why should we go out to theaters and see Creed 2? What makes it different from the first one? And how is it going to be just as exciting? Cool. You've wrote a book now. I mean, talk about <laughs> the difference in that. And I know in past interviews, you even talked about, I think you said at one point in high school, you had like five Fs on your report card. Where did you hear that from? Who told well, you I that? do my research, Dr. Wow. <laughs> Talking about the significance of playing after September 11th, how special was this game for you personally, Coach, and for the team? We're speaking it into existence on the show. You yes, know? definitely. Give us credit for it, all right? Because Kelsey Bell was the first woman that did that. But you know, I noticed that swimming was really important for you to put them in. Is this because did you learn to swim early, too, or was it because you didn't learn how to swim that you wanted to make sure that your sons learned how to swim? Coach, first off, congrats on the win. Last year, the Hoyas got the best of you guys. Yeah. This year, you guys are prevalent. Tell me, what went right in this game to get the win? Something we're seeing in the doc is, of course, MJ as the player. But I think something we're not getting to watch is MJ the dad. I think sometimes mm -hmm. some people take that away because we look at all his basketball greatness. So can you describe for us that, of course, you just don't know your family life and structure. What was it like 
you know, having a dad that's on the road that, you know, is just doing so many amazing things on and off the court. What was it like for you, especially being the only girl at that time? I'm sure daddy's princess. Hi, I'm Kelsey Nicole Nelson, Arena Football League team reporter for the Washington Valor. And this is Valor Talk. Don't call it a comeback. Call it a win as the Washington Valor found themselves victorious in today's win, 42-35 over the Baltimore Brigade. The game got off to a sizzling start as the first possession of the game was none other than a touchdown from Valor quarterback Arvo Nelson to wide receiver Reggie Gray, which was one for the record books. Look at you being an innovator. We like to see like using whatever you have to do to get things done right. Before I let you go, just any last words for the listening audience? I just want to say thank you, Kelsey. You you are amazing. I, I enjoyed the show very much. Anyways, uh, Kelsey, thank you so much for letting me share that clip. Are you still okay for time for a few more yes, minutes? Yes, happy to stay with you, Chris. I was going to say, I'm very impressed with your uh, work you've done. Now, you've covered all the sports. One sport I, I, I'm not sure if you're even a fan of. Have you ever call, co covered any hockey or any of the Washington Capitals? That's such a great question. I'll tell you, I haven't got as many opportunities to cover hockey games, but I'll tell you what I love about the Capitals. For one, we will never forget the Capitals parade that was here in D.C. One thing we do in D.C. very well, Chris, is parades. So the Nationals parade was great and the Capitals parade was great. But I think actually my favorite sporting event in D.C., and it's because of the fans, has been attending a Capitals game. For one, they're going to be sold out because Caps fans truly do show up. And then the cowbells that they're ringing at the games. Honestly, there's nothing like it. We've been spoiled in D.C. DC to have somebody like Ovi, Ovechkin here uh, playing. So I haven't had a chance, honestly, Chris, to cover hockey as much. Usually when I get opportunities. People usually call me for basketball and football opportunities, but I truly love being a fan for Capitals games. I've been to my fair share and there's no experience like it. And again, I think that fan base out of all of the DC sports is truly one of the best. There's nothing like going to a Washington Capitals game. Well, I'm hoping one day when I can cross the border again, it's still closed. The land border's closed. It can fly to the States, but the land border's still closed. I'll be able to go to a game in Washington. Yeah. See, see the Eagles take on Washington. There. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. And see a Nationals game and all that too. So yeah, that's Washington in that in that area is another uh, place I'd like to do as a bucket list because uh, I was lucky enough to see the Eagles at Lambeau Field uh, two years ago before nice. the pandemic. That's and a great one. Lambeau Field, I've been to Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium, and my goal is to try to go to as many stadiums as I can. So I'm definitely gonna have to check out Washington. One thing I wanted to ask you is two quick two quick questions about the Washington Rena. Uh, new stadium is that gonna happen in the in the next few years and. Two Two, are they going to keep the team called the Washington football team or will they have a, a name by next year? Oh, my gosh. OK, so let's start first with the stadium. So this is a big hot topic that always comes up in Washington. I'll tell you, many fans want to see the team playing back in D.C. Right now, the team plays at FedEx Field, which is in Landover, Maryland. Two things about FedEx Field. The traffic is horrible. Anybody that's been to a game there, be prepared to sit. But a very good tailgating spot. But again, when you have a team that's supposed to be that does represent the nation's capital, many do want them back. So I think many are talking about a new stadium. Where that will be, it depends. D.C. is a place that many want, but D.C. is very expensive, and there's only so much space and land in D.C. Virginia, of course, has been another option that's been talked about. You think about the team practicing out in Ashburn, Virginia. And so I think only time will tell, Chris. It's something that we're keeping an eye and ear on, but many fans are calling for a better stadium than FedEx Field. I know this year we had some unfortunate mishaps at FedEx Field. I believe that when wondering 
during one game. I'm not sure if you saw the video, Chris, but there was like a leakage, like a sewer <laughs> leakage. Yes, yes. So yes. people were like even more of a reason for us to hopefully get a new stadium. But again, fans, I think fans just, especially when we see stadiums like in LA, right, where the Chargers are playing, or even Vegas and where the Raiders are playing. I think many yeah. fans are doing this, looking at their stadium, Chris, and saying, hey, what about us, right? <laughs> you see these brand new fancy stadiums. So I do think a long way of saying, I do think that will be in the works, but I don't know if that will be anytime soon. Going to the second part of your question that I think is more timely for fans. Um, they really want to know, I think sports fans really, really, really want to know um, about this team name. And I think for the Washington football team, 2022. So next year, folks, is when we're supposed to figure out if it will stay the Washington football team. And yes, that is an option that the team might be going through all this and it might stay or if they're going to go with another one of the name options. So many fans, Chris, submitted um, name suggestions for the Washington football team. It's like everybody wanted to be a part, but I think it speaks to just the team really showing that fans really are a part of this identity, and they wanted, really wanted to make sure that whatever name is chosen or selected represents the team best. But I'll tell you, I think more sports fans are really focused more about the play on the football field Something that worries me right now is Washington right now has one of the lowest averages of fans actually going out and attending games. That's a problem. That's a problem. You want your hometown teams to be there. And the way you keep fans in the seats, Chris, is by what? Is by winning. So I do, do think the name is very important and D.C. cares about it. But right now, we're still rocking our burgundy and gold. You can see I kind of yes. wore the burgundy yes. shirt. And I think that's what our yeah. fans love. Many fans do want to keep the HTTR. My co-host, Fred Smoot, he's a big proponent of Red Wolves. And he'll do like the, oh. Like he'll do the whole howling thing um, when it comes to, I think fan has, Fred has got a fan base saying that, but I do think whatever name is picked, as long as fans feel like they're incorporated in the process, they'll be happy. But I will say team president, Jason Wright, I think has been doing just a great job leading as president, having it be transparent. We had a whole new website created for, pan, for fans to be able to kind of follow along the journey and process. Also a brand new digital show where fans actually kind of got to see the, the behind the scenes of the naming uh, process. So I feel like fans are really finding that transparency. And honestly, that's why the whole unfiltered, um, that's what the whole unfiltered series was created for. It really had transparency for fans. They feel like they're more in tune with Washington. So 2022, fingers crossed, nothing will change, but that's what Washington football team has said. That will be when we find out the new team name and fans can finally stock up on whatever new gear they need to get because they feel like the name is finally in place. But I will also say if you come to Washington, it's not uncommon to still see fans rocking our old Washington Redskins stuff, just because you think about the story, long, history of it and of course i'm excited that we're moving in a positive direction and we're going to find a name that's not going to be offensive to anybody uh but many fans here dc is a football town so whenever you come here you'll see some type of washington something anywhere that you go i was gonna say and fedex field is not that old what where was it built 2000 it's not, honestly it's not that old but for sports no. fans here i think we're getting spoiled because we just keep seeing all these brand new fancy stadiums chris pop yep. up you know it's kind of like when you have a car your car might not be that old but you start passing by maserati yeah <laughs> like, hmm, you know maybe i do need <laughs> maybe i do want a new car because this one looks so fancy so i think that's what it is for washington fans and then especially because a place like rfk chris has so many tremendous memories. I mean, if you talk to any former Washington football team player, they will tell you how RFK Stadium used to actually like rock. Shake, used yeah. to actually like rock when yeah. fans went crazy. Like that's what we want, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, we really just want a place where new memories could be created and that everyone's proud of. 
I was going to say FedEx fields, what, 90,000 people or 95? Would they, the new stadium, when they build a new stadium, do you think they would shrink it down to about 70, 72,000? Or would they keep it at about 90? I think they would have to keep it. Honestly, with the, I mean, because Washington is a storied franchise with so much history and we have a large fan base, I would think they would have to keep it. I think it would be really hard for fans to hear that they're cutting it, Chris, because we have, think about the Washington football team fan base. It's one of the larger ones in the National Football League, right? So I don't think downsizing would make any fans happy, especially because we have a football culture here in Washington. So I'm excited, honestly, for wherever they put it. But I think, you know, fans, again, they just want that whole kind of game day experience. And one thing I do want to shout out really quickly, Chris, is the Atlanta Falcons. I saw their game day menu when Washington played them. I want to shout out the Atlanta Falcons for having affordable menu options. They had hot dogs for like a dollar fifty cents. Wow. Fries for like five dollars. I think that's something we have to remember about the game day experience is that you want it to be affordable for everybody and have different options and different tiers. And so I think that's what I'm also thinking about for Washington, wherever they build their new stadium. I also hope they're thinking about everybody and making sure that again, it's attainable and accessible for everybody to go and enjoy the whole football experience that you get when you go to a football game. Yeah. Cause even the sports here are the blue Jays, uh, the Maple Leafs, the Raptors, uh, the ticket prices are sky high. And then the parking's like 30 to $50. Yeah, and then the food one. prices, the average family cannot afford to go to games anymore. No, sadly. it's expensive, like you're saying. And it's really tough. And that's why, you know, and again, I get, I get that sports is a business to make money, but at least if we can make food affordable at a game, you know, so families can actually eat and enjoy the full game day experience. I think I'll, I think most of us will be happy at least just at that change. But of course we do want everybody just to be able to have a chance because there's nothing like going to professional sports game. Chris, you asked me what got me into sports. I will never forget my first time going to my first Mystics game, my first Wizards game, my first Ravens game, my first Washington football team game. And even though Chris, I was in the nosebleed seats, I'm not going to lie about that. I was all the way up. I was there. I was a part of history in a moment in time. I know we didn't touch on the Wizards, but like being here through the Gilbert Arenas era and the Karan Butler and Antoine Jameson era and even uh, MJ when Michael Jordan was yes. here. Remember even yes. when he had his restaurant here in D.C.? I will never forget those experiences. And so this is why it's so important as much as we can that we bring everybody into sports because sports touches so many people. And I think sports is like one of the only places anywhere in the world where you can be around somebody that's different religion than you, different sexuality, different income level, different education level, but it doesn't matter because you're there to enjoy those couple of hours of sports. And if you're rooting for the same team, you love each other even more. Definitely. Uh, are you okay for five more minutes? I just got a couple more quick questions. Of course. Of course. Let's okay. Do it, okay. No problem. Um, just wanted to ask you this. What do you enjoy about the industry, both TV and radio and uh, the most, and what is the hardest aspect of it? Uh, both sides of it in your opinion. Yeah. So I think what I enjoy most is I get to meet new people every day. So if somebody, if you've watched my podcast show, you'll know something I haven't done is repeat guests. I have a new guest on each and every show, and I've been blessed to be able to do that through my audio um, and visual shows. And I, I do that because, again, I think everybody has a different story to tell, and I never know how a person will connect with somebody in my audience. So, again, I get to meet so many people. I've met so many, not even just celebs. I've just met so many great people. I don't care about meeting celebs. I care about meeting good people, people that have good hearts and good stories to tell and that can come on and speak with me for an hour on my show. So I think that's been the best part. Um, I think the hardest aspect is probably just because of social media culture. You, it's so much easier just to hear naysayers and just negative comments. And so it's like really trying to focus that out 
and be focused on yourself. And I think that's what can be hard. And also because social media is great because it, it's like what you need to be able to be caught up in everything. It also can be exhausting, Chris. Like sometimes I, I realize I don't put my phone down or I'm not away from my computer screen. And I feel like when people are talking about like, I just started watching Squid Games. Like I feel like I'm sometimes missing out on the rest of life. Like I'm always that friend that can't go to happy hour or things like that because I'm working. My schedule is crazy. And so I think the hardest thing sometimes can just be realizing, you know, um, it's a lot. It's a lot that you sacrifice to be in this industry. And I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it's something that you have to learn early on. Okay. And then my next question I wanted to ask you, because I want to wrap this up, because we both want to watch the uh, Thursday night game at 820 tonight. Joel Buck and uh, Troy Aikman uh, calling it on the NFL Network, which would be on TSN here in Canada. Uh, My next question I wanted to ask you, Kelsey, what was it like winning the DMV Sports Media Person of the Year Award in 2020? So, Chris, I look at this, and that's chill bumps. I still get chill bumps winning that. And I'll tell you why, uh, you know, growing up in this area, there's no place, there's no love like getting love from your hometown. And the reason is because those people have saw your journey and know your story. They knew me from being little Kelsey that went to eight different daycares and was a boys and girls club kid to me seeing me now professionally and to be recognized in my hometown of Washington, D.C., which is a huge town, Chris, where so many sports greats have come from, so many broadcasting legends have come from. And to know that I was loved in my hometown, there was nothing like it. It was something that was so unexpected. And I actually got presented it virtually at the Super Bowl. So also talk about a great place to find out that you're the DMV Sports Media Person of the Year. And it's something that I'll never forget. And again, just to know that like all of my hard work paid off and that people in my hometown love me for being me. That's the best feeling in the world because all I can be is myself and all I can do is be me to the best of my abilities. So it meant a lot. I'm forever thankful. I'm forever grateful. And I hope DC just keeps showing me the love that they've shown me so long. And I hope to just continuing to deliver them just great content, great, uh, a great and different perspective and just my voice onto something. So it was something I'll never forget. I was going to say, I haven't known you that long, Kelsey, but it feels like now I've known you for 10 or 15 years with that personality of yours. And and that's, you're welcome. And one, and everybody has that come on my podcast has given me the same advice as you be yourself. Don't try to be someone that you're not. Don't, don't, because everybody else is taken. And it's so true. I think, you know, sometimes when you come into media, I think you, you see people that you like and you're like, oh, I have to be like them, but they're there because they were them. So the network doesn't need another them. They already have them. You need to be you and be you to the best of your abilities. And the great secret to having great interviews is being authentic and being real. And best believe people know when you're not being authentic and being real and they will call you out for it. So when you're you and you're you to the best of your ability, your light and your glow will continue to shine through. And there's a space for everybody in this industry. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be unique. But just to make sure that you brand off of that and build a following off of that and networks and media companies will be forced to recognize and realize that. And I've also had to learn to ablib too, because sometimes guests have had to cancel or there's been technical difficulties. And oh, the, yes. sh- the, the show has to go on radio, television, or podcast. So yes. I'm learning my ablib skills too. Yeah, that's something that I mean, it's like you do, you have to be able to think on the fly and things happen. Like you said, technology, especially during these last, what, 18 months, however long we've been in COVID. Yep. I think we've all probably experienced some technical difficulties, but you have to keep going. When you're live, you can't just stop. Right? 
right? There has to be a product. You have to be able to talk off the top of your head. And this is why it's so important to be integrated into everything happening in sports. No player injuries, right? Know the, know the player's stories, you know, know how their, their journey there and being able to quickly interact and, and being able to pivot. That's going to be one of the best traits that you can have in this industry. Okay. And then I'm just going to combine my last two questions for you quickly. Um, most memorable sporting event you've covered so far, Kelsey, and some of your favorite, maybe one of your favorite interviews you've done in your career. And just briefly, uh, any other hobbies and music you like to listen to, restaurants in the Washington area, and uh, when you've traveled with some of the favorite cities you've traveled to. Of course. So I think, well, I love traveling. And oh my gosh, I will say, I find something very different and unique in every city. I'm going to actually say probably the city that's going to surprise some people. Ben, Oregon was actually probably my favorite city that I traveled to because it was just very different and it was so beautiful. And I felt like I was in a postcard the last like the whole time I was there. And then I also got to go to the last blockbuster in the entire world, which was also wow. super, super cool. And then Oregon, and I got to feed llamas. Like it was just something different for me and something I had never experienced. And then Oregon, very beautiful, beautiful place. Had to get on a smaller plane to get there, but I wouldn't trade it for the world and truly had one of the best airplane memories. Everybody on the plane was super nice and we were all talking. I hadn't had an experience like that. And it's the only place where I've gotten picked up in an Uber that was a pickup truck. It's the only place where I've gotten an Uber where it was the same driver that dropped me off and picked me up. I had never seen that before. So Ben Oregon. Um, and I think music wise, I love R&B and jazz. I'm a night. I love 90s and 2000s R&B. I'm um, in hobbies. Honestly, I love sports and I like HGTV. So when I'm not watching sports, I like to catch up on HGTV. I like to be out. I still like to play a good game of pickup basketball. I'm um, just connect with people. I think my most memorable sporting event, uh, it's hard to choose, but Super Bowl, definitely Super Bowl. There's nothing like working on Radio Row. My first Super Bowl was in Atlanta um, a couple years ago. And I'll just never forget, like, having celebs everywhere. Like, when I say everywhere, you're on Radio Row, you're broadcasting live, and you have Lawrence Taylor walking by. I remember one Super Bowl, Lil Nas X was passing in front of me. Another Super Bowl, I was interviewing Jeezy about his sports agency that he started. And, like, you're working from sunup to sundown doing interviews. And then you finally get to Super Bowl week, and, you know, you get to meet all the different players and ask the fun questions. And there's nothing like being at the Super Bowl where you know how much fans pay for tickets and you're there and you're in the interaction and the game, usually the game has been great. And so I think Super Bowl is just an experience unlike any other because you're around like broadcasting greats and sporting greats and you're in the same space and the same sphere um, and you're just learning so much and having fun broadcasting, doing what you're doing. Some of my most favorite uh, interviews, ugh, it's hard to pick some. I, I find something unique in everyone. I think everybody references my LeVar Ball interview. That might be my first interview that went like viral, viral. Because me and LeVar Ball talked for like an hour and just had a really great conversation. And he called some people out. But quite frankly, we just had a real conversation. And he thanked me for talking to him just as a dad, not trying to make him mad, not trying to get a soundbite, but for just talking to him as a Black man and a Black father. So I truly enjoyed speaking with him. Um, Amari Stoudemire was great on my show. Uh, Jim Rooney uh, was fantastic on my show. I mean, there's just so many people. Kurt Angle was a fun interview on wow. my show. Wow. One of I mean, my favorite wrestlers. So oh, you got to check out the interview, Chris. He was awesome. He okay. was awesome. So there's so Definitely. Many. <laughs> Did yeah, I answer uh, all of them, Chris? Yep. Yep, yep. yep. I think I answered all of them. Okay. <laughs> Restaurants. I love a good steak. Anywhere with a good steak. I'm a very happy person. Um, and I love I love Italian food. <laughs> 
Okay, definitely. And um, I'd love to keep talking to you more. I'm gonna, I got one last question for you, and then uh, I'll let you go, Kelsey. But I just wanted to ask any advice for those looking to pursue a career in broadcasting, radio, TV, whatever, and where can my audience find you on social media? And uh, just maybe bring up your uh, listen with listen in with uh, KNN on uh, to describe that a little bit as well. Of course. So I'm on social media, The Real K Nelson on Twitter and Instagram. Please, please, please follow and check out my work there. Also on Facebook, Kelsey Nicole Nelson. And you can also check out all of my work on my website, KelseyNicoleNelson.com. KelseyNicoleNelson.com. And also, Chris, I forgot one favorite interview. Sugar Ray Leonard was also fantastic. Wow. Wow. Um, for any advice for those looking to pursue a career in broadcasting, bet on yourself. Three words, bet on yourself. And I say bet on yourself because you do have to take a bet, which is taking a chance on yourself, knowing that you can do this. I had to do that early on. And let me tell you, early on, I wasn't sure if there was a place for me in media. I was not always told that I could do media. There was naysayers and there was doubters. And especially, again, coming up in a place like D.C. where I'm in a top media market and didn't get to see many people that looked like me, I didn't know if I could do it. But I took a chance and I betted on myself. And I started working in media uh, when I also had a full-time job. And so I was doing this on the side not getting paid for it. So you know this, Chris, working just very long days and long nights, but I took a chance and I bet it on myself. And betting on yourself means investing in yourself. If you want to do podcasting, are you investing in paying for StreamYard? Do you have a website? Do you have a good microphone? Do you have good Wi-Fi? You know, what are you doing to brand? Are you working on building your social media? Are you working with a voice coach? You know, are you working with somebody that does your resume professionally? That's what betting on yourself is. It's taking a chance in everything that you do for your ultimate goal. That would be my biggest advice for you. And if you bet on yourself, I think you will see the results. I say all the time, people will bet on the lottery. You take a chance with sports betting. Well, take a chance on yourself. People take a chance on celebrities and what they'll do next. If you don't believe on, in yourself, how can you expect anybody else to do that? So again, it starts within. It starts with you. And once you do that and bet on yourself, others will begin to bet and believe in you. That'd be my advice for anybody out there. Always bet on yourself. Definitely. And uh, your podcast is normally what? Every Thursday night at six o'clock? Every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And we do Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Check it out. Lots of great guests. We just had Andre Reid on. Just had some guests from Top Shelf Performance on today that train some of the top athletes in today's football games. And again, just very special guests joining me. Coming up soon, I'll have the CEO of USA Track and Field. We all remember just the great Olympic games that were and touching on track and field aspects. But again, I have been blessed, Chris, to have just phenomenal guests join me. And also we have audio versions of the show available on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify. So be sure to download and subscribe to the show there as well. OK, well, Kelsey, I'm going to let you go because I, we Great, both want to watch so that. Much. We want to watch that uh, Thursday night game at 8.20. But I was going to say, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on live with CDP Podcast. Thank and, you. And, and maybe in the future, I can have you come back on again, again as a guest. And we'll talk maybe uh, talk a little more about your career and what else you've uh, uh, done as well. And maybe how the NFL season's going along as well. That sounds great, Chris. Thanks again so much. Fantastic job. Always rooting for you, Chris. I see bright things in your future. Thanks so much for having me on. appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And maybe uh, I'll send you one of my podcast shirts. I've uh, learned to market myself too with hats and shirts. And then I even got my own. Even got my own podcast mug too. Oh, I love it. I needed to bring my merchandise because you didn't give me the memo, but I love it. I'd be honored to rock the shirt. So yes, please send that my way. I'd be so happy. <laughs> definitely will do that. So uh, I'm going to let you go, Kelsey, but definitely I would love to have you as a guest again. And uh, I just want to say enjoy the football game tonight and uh, good luck to Washington Sunday against those Saints.
Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Chris. Have a great one, everybody. Have a great you, night. You too, Kelsey. Bye. You too. Good night, Kelsey. Thank you. Anyways, guys, uh, that was Kelsey Nicole Nelson, uh, the host of Listen In with KNN on Fox Sports Radio 1340 AM and also the host of the Washington on, on Filter on NBC Sports Washington. And she's also a freelance TV reporter and host as well. So, And uh, she's uh, done a, a lot in in the TV radio industry and one of the best. And I really appreciate uh, Kelsey uh, coming on tonight again. And before I go guys, I'm just going to let you say, you can check out her website, KelseyNicoleNelson.com. And you can also check her out on NBCSports.com in Washington as well. And you can also check Kelsey out on Twitter at the real K Nelson. Uh, as well. So anyways, I just want to say thank you to everybody watching live on my YouTube channel, on my Twitter page, Facebook live. And uh, later I'm going to download this podcast on audio live with CDP podcast. The audio version is downloaded on the Google podcaster podcast, sorry, anchor FM, Apple podcast, breaker, pocket cast, radio, public, Spotify, cast box and linkedin so if you miss it on live you can listen to it on audio as well and just to let you guys know i have another podcast tomorrow friday october 8th at 2 45 i will have guest christy mazurik uh, she's the president of Successful Strategies Incorporated, and she's also an Emmy Award-winning uh, investigating report, investigative uh, reporter as well. And she's also on uh, Crime Stories uh, with Nancy Grace. So tomorrow, Christy's going to talk about her career in uh, broadcasting, and uh, as also she also hosted two sides, uh, a political side on WGRZ. Uh, Channel 2 in Buffalo a few years ago as well. So I'm looking forward to speaking to Christy Mazurik uh, tomorrow at 2.45 as well. So guys, I just want to say thank you all again for um, uh, watching Live with CDP podcast. And uh, we'll, we will look forward to, to tomorrow. So uh, also, guys, just to let you know, you can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. And uh, let's see. Let's do some comments before I go. Uh, Trevor Spencer. Hi, Trevor. Thanks for watching. Good guests. I really like your guest. She's very knowledgeable about Washington Football Club and the teams in the Baltimore, Washington area. Absolutely, Trevor. Absolutely. Uh, and let's see. I used to go to the Maple Leaf games in the Grays. Got tickets from Dominion for $2. Yeah, Trevor, that was back in the 70s. Uh, you obviously will never see that again. But I just want to say thank you, Trevor, for watching and stuff like that, guys. So um, anyways, guys, uh, you got uh, before I go, I just get a little bit more sports news. Uh, you got Thursday night football coming on right now. The Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks at 8:20 kickoff from Seattle. From Seattle, uh, the game is on the NFL Network and TSN. Uh, I'm picking um, Seattle to win 23 to 16 tonight as well. And uh, Philadelphia Eagles are one and three are on the road this Sunday at one o'clock kickoff. Uh, kickoff 1 p.m. kickoff at the three and one Carolina Pan Panthers. We'll see what happens there. And uh, let's see, guys, we got uh, two divisional baseball games going on tonight, Chicago and Houston. Uh, game one is underway, and then Boston and Tampa Bay is just starting now at 8 o'clock first pitch. And then tomorrow we have like 12 hours of baseball. There's four Major League Baseball divisional best of five series starting tomorrow. We've got Chicago, Houston at 2 o'clock, Atlanta, Milwaukee at 4.30, Boston at Tampa at 7 o'clock, 
and the Dodgers and the Giants at 9.30 as well. And besides that, guys, I'm just looking forward to this. The Guelph Storm open up their 21-22 OHL season Friday, October 8th, tomorrow night, 7.30, against the Kitchener Rangers at the Odd, uh, 5.70 News, Mike Farwell, Chris Pope will do it, or Rogers TV. And then Saturday, October 9th at 7 o'clock, the Storm home opener, which I'll be at as a camera operator for Rogers TV against the same Kitchener Rangers. Both games are on Rogers TV. You can listen to Farwell and Pope on 5.70 News and Larry Malott on CJ. CJOY 1460 in Guelph. I'm looking forward to that as well. So anyways, guys, uh, I'm just going to call this a podcast, but I just want to say thank you everybody for watching again live with CDP podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and later on the audio version as well. So uh, enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the football game tonight. Enjoy the, uh, uh, the baseball playoff starting. And uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow at 245 with uh, Christy Merzurek. Thanks so much again, uh, Kelsey for Kelsey and Nicole Nelson uh, for coming on, and please check her out on social media. Have a good night, guys, and we'll see you tomorrow afternoon at two forty-five with Christy.